thank you for listening in to our prayer cast from AfriChrist Prayer Ministries, the ministry that reaches out to the busy person, the millennials, the professionals of all fields, and to the under-churched, uh, often unreached people. We believe the scripture that says that the steps of a righteous person are ordered of the Lord. We also believe, just like Jesus did, and the disciples, Paul and the prophets of old, that our prayers should have impact every time. Jesus never prayed a prayer that failed, and he never sent out a command that didn't achieve its intended purpose. He prayed and commanded with words of impact. The Bible says that God's word never comes back to him void. If our prayers are initiated of the Holy Spirit, as it says in Romans 8, then they will never come back void to us. Please thank you again for listening in. Uh, we would also appreciate if you recommend our app, Afri Christ, to your friends. This app can be downloaded from the Apple App Store and also the Google Play Store, and it reaches out to people like you. Thank you once again, and may God bless you as you're listening. Hello, friends. This is Sam Kawesa, your host today on AfriChrist podcast and we are going to be talking about some topics today that is really going to be exciting for you. Now I just want to remind you that we are the podcast that inspire with a blog that teaches okay and you can find our blog at prayingwithimpact.com while you can find our podcast at africhristpodcast.com and each one is one word africhristpodcast.com and prayingwithimpact.com but you can also find us on any major platform that gives you your podcast whether uh, you just google us or you can just go to uh, platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, Podbean, Google Podcasts, iRadio, Boomplay, Pandora, Samsung and so many others. We are simply all over the place. So just Google us and you'll find us, okay? We give you podcasts based on the Word of God, not opinions. Our topic for today is going to be titled, Let God Be Your Witness. Now, let us look at some of the friends of God who got his witness and what can we learn from their character. Why do we say friend? Because God called them his friends. And it means a lot for God to be your friend and we shall see how we can become friends of God so that he can call witness to our character in order to do what we are supposed to do. Okay, It always feels good to know that there's someone in your life who would stand by you and vouch for you no matter what. Someone who would stand as witness to your character and relationships towards them or other people. Now, can you imagine if that person is God? In this episode, we look at some of the Bible examples of some of those people whom God calls his friends. You know, these are characters for us to emulate and become God's friends as well or learn to become God's friends as well. We're going to start with Abraham. And the Bible references we're going to use are Isaiah 41, verse 8, 10, and Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 7, and James 2, uh, verse 20 and 23. Don't worry about all the numbers and all the writing. You'll find it on our blog. And we usually post that immediately after posting the podcast, okay? Now, in Isaiah 41, we see Israel in God's courts, okay, looking for help. 
and there's all these other nations around it who are more powerful with bigger armies and they're facing it. So Israel is scared. They go before God. Now, the first thing God does is to remind them of his power and authority in creation, that he created everything that there is, okay? Then he, he recites the bragging and arrogance words of the other nations. That way they can take and compare his work and their words, okay? Now, but he ends up reassuring Israel that their enemies are powerless compared to him. He says it's all because they are descendants of his friend Abraham. Remember, we are looking to see how God can be your witness. Now, we are looking at Israel, a whole nation, and God is saying he's going to defend them because of his friend Abraham. That's amazing, where God can defend a whole bunch of people, good or bad, but because they are descendants of his friend, because they have a relationship with his friend. So Isaiah 41, verse 8 and 10 says this, But as for you, Israel, my servant, Jacob, my chosen one, descended from my friend Abraham, don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. And I will help you. I'll hold you up with my victorious hand. So you can see here he says, You are descendants of my friend Abraham. And for that reason, I'm going to do this. Then in Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 7, we see that King Jehoshaphat was really scared because there was this army all around them and there's going to be war and he didn't know what to do. So he appealed to God. This time he reminded God of his own witness in regards to Abraham. In other words, King Jehoshaphat was name-dropping. He was name-dropping who? Abraham. He knew that Abraham was a friend of God. So he name-drops so that God may help him. Yes, it's okay to name-drop. We do name-dropping all the time. When we pray to God, we say, in the name of Jesus. So now, we are seeing God using Abraham as a witness to defend a people, okay? In Second Chronicles 20, it says this, Oh, our God, did you not drive out those who lived in this land when your people Israel arrived? And did you not give this land forever to the descendants of your friend Abraham? So you see here, King Jehoshaphat is saying, basically, God, your friend Abraham, he was our father. And you defended him. You did this for him and you promised this and that for him. Can you now not defend us? Then James gives a testimony of Abraham again being a righteous man, a man who showed his faith in God by his action. James finishes his testimony by saying that for, he, for this Abraham was even called the friend of God. So our walking by faith and working in God's calling is prelude to being a friend of God. And we see that James is telling us Abraham was called a friend of God because he walked in faith even as God asked him to go not knowing. And so that's one way God can witness about who you are because you had faith in him not knowing. Okay, Abraham is also known as a father of faith, remember, because God told him to leave the place where he grew up, where he was comfortable, and go to a foreign place, not knowing or even having much. 
God wanted him to depend on him day by day for direction and sustenance. So let God be your minute by minute, mile by mile GPS. If you let God do that for you, then God can use you as witness. Now we shall find out that the reason God uses witness is so that someone else may benefit by coming to know God because God uses you as witness. You see what I did for Abraham? This I'm going to do for you. So now these people here who were scared, who were worried, who didn't know or care about God, they see what God did for Abraham. When Abraham is used as witness by God, then these people are going to come to God. And that's how God wants to use us even today. It's not just about believing alone. But James says that even demons believe that God exists. But faith without works is dead faith. That's what James says. Maybe you have suppressed or even have been ignoring the God-given mustard seed that Jesus talks about in you for the faith that you have. Okay, It's like a little tiny mustard seed that's in you and you've been ignoring it. You haven't been walking in faith. You haven't been using your faith or, uh, to do good works. You know, my encouragement to you today is that plant and grow it with some good works. Okay, Good works is the soil that gives life to faith, according to the word of God in James. Now, Abraham, the father of our faith, believed and then walked by faith, not by sight and is now eternally called the friend of God. If you want to be called a friend of God, you have to learn to walk by faith, not by sight. Now James uh, chapter 2, verse 20 through 23 says this, How foolish! Can't you see that faith without good deeds is useless? Don't you remember that our ancestor Abraham was shown to be right with God by his actions when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see, his faith and his actions worked together. His actions made his faith complete. And so it happened just as the scripture says. Abraham believed God and God counted him as righteous because of his what? His faith. And he was even called the friend of God. So being a friend of God would mean that you have to walk in the faith that he has planted in you, that mustard seed. And when you walk in that faith, then God can use you as a witness for others, even as he's doing here for the rest of us through Abraham. So before we leave this Abraham story, let's look at another one of his character that really shows that to be a friend of God, you have to do certain things by faith and that God will do marvelous things because of that faith, because of acting on that faith, okay? Now, uh, in fact, this story that I'm going to tell you about Abraham is the same story I used before I got married. And, you know, I, I remember I was a single and I have, I felt like I am of age. You know, Abraham told, uh, went to God and said, my son is of age. I need a wife to find a wife for him. He needs to get married. That's how I was too. I was like, Lord, I'm of age and I need to get married. And I used this scripture 
as my background scripture. I won't tell you the whole story here now, but it's an amazing story of faith. Not necessarily that I was such a man of faith, but because God uh, used Abraham's faith and Abraham as a witness to me that I could get married as well, even as he did for his son Isaac, okay? Lo and behold, it's been 33 years as of this recording that I've been married with two boys and two girls, okay? Now, remember, when Abraham's son was ready for marriage, it's Abraham who spoke to God and uh, for favor. Abraham gave his servant the mission to go find and get the bride for Isaac. He basically asked him to go by faith, not knowing who or where. He had never seen the girl. He didn't know who they were, but he had to depend on faith, okay? Here are some of the scriptures of faith that show God's faithfulness that became the powerful witness for Abraham and his servant getting the bride for Isaac. Remember, we are talking about God using you as a witness. We are trying to see, can God use me as a witness to get others to believe or to do what God wants them to do, okay? Let this story encourage you to always remember to have confidence that he will never leave you nor forsake you when you let him be your friend. Here, Abraham helped his servant overcome his doubts because the servant was like, wait a minute, how can I go to these people I don't know? Will they believe me? What if they say no? What if I go there and I find this girl and they say no? He says this, For the Lord God of heaven, who took me from my father's house and my native land, solemnly promised to give this land to my descendants. He will send his angel ahead of you and he will see to it that you find a wife there for my son. So you see how he's giving testimony that God gave him this place? God is going to do this so that Abraham's testimony will be a witness to God's power to show this servant and all of us that God's presence, when we walk by faith, is always with us. And God's success and guidance will follow his witness. Okay, Because God has already witnessed about uh, Abraham as a man of faith and a friend of his. Okay, When the servant got to the family after finding Rebecca, he was now bold enough to throw, in, to throw in the name of Abraham by referring to Abraham's relationship to God. Okay, he's, he's again here using the name of Abraham. That's the witness you can count on. Now, do you notice that up to this time, Isaac's fortunes are really pegged on his father's relationship to God and the fluent communication of the messenger because this messenger has to know what to say, how to say it. And we're going to see that he's doing all this. He's now going to be communicating with God in order to get this information to the uh, right place. Okay, The Bible tells us to be able to communicate God's message in and out of season. This servant did exactly that. He continues to pray to God using God's own witness testimony. When the time of reckoning really came, he started invoking the name of Abraham. He did not panic. He was at peace. 
And we find this in Genesis 24, verse 12 through 13. O Lord, God of my master Abraham, he prayed, please give me success today and show unfailing love to my master Abraham. See, I am standing here beside this spring and the young women of the town are coming out to draw water. Now let's put uh, this in perspective. See, he says that God of my master Abraham, Do this to please my master. You see the connection? That's how God works. The principles are the same. He's now using this, the Abraham, his friend, as witness. And this servant has learned to use the name of Abraham in order to get to God because he knows that Abraham is his friend. Okay? Do what God has called you to do before anything else. It is not about us, but God's glory. In fact, the servant here shows us by putting his flesh aside. You know, he was hungry and they were offering him food. He had been traveling in uh, Genesis 24:32-33. But you know what he says? I do not want to eat until I have told you why I have come. All right, Laban said, tell us. Laban was the father of the young woman who by the grace of God and by the direction of God, the servant had zeroed in on and said, this is the one they sent me. We are not really into the story because what we want to show is the witnessing. Okay, So we are not going to go through the whole story of Abraham and Isaac. and It's a long story. That's not the purpose here. The purpose here is to show what, I'm, uh, um, what our theme is, which is, can God basically use you as a witness? Being in God's presence, meditating and praying will elicit God's witness for you. This servant ends his mission with a story, a very powerful testament of Abraham's relationship with God. We can see this in Genesis 24, 39-40. It says this, But I say to my master, What if I can't find a young woman who is willing to go back with me? He responded, The Lord in whose presence I have lived will send his angel with you and will make your mission successful. Yes, you must find a wife for my son from among my relatives, from my father's family. So you see, here the servant was being queried by the family. That what makes you come here? Why us? Why our daughter? Why this? And this is the testimony he gives. He gives uh, the testimony of God's presence in the life of Abraham by quoting Abraham. And so he's relating the story to this family. He's telling them that, But I say to my master, What if I can't find a young woman who is willing to go back with me? He responded, The Lord in whose presence I have lived will send his angel with you and will make your mission successful. Yes, you must find a wife for my son from among my relatives from my father's family. Let me tell you, when you live in the presence of God, He will use your life as a witness to get the work done. This is a witness that we all would want. No one can challenge God's witness. The Bible says that if God be for us, who can be against us? So you know what the family did here? The family agreed. That's the power of God's witness, my friend. 
So in Genesis 24:50 this uh, this is what they say. Then Laban and Bethuel replied, The Lord has obviously brought you here. So there's nothing we can say. So you see here, the servant of Abraham went to a land he didn't know, went to a place he's never been to find someone he has never seen. God led him and he used the witness of the name of Abraham who says that the Lord in whose presence I stand when you stand in the presence of God nothing shall be impossible whatever God sends you to do you will be able to accomplish now let's look at another one it's Moses we shall go quickly through these okay Moses and the reference scripture is Exodus 33 uh, verse 7 through 16 and Deuteronomy 34 and 10 When God is your friend, let me tell you my friend, he is constantly around you. He promised that in the New Testament, you know, he said that he will never leave us nor forsake us. That's what Jesus said to us. The big promise that Jesus gave to his uh, um disciples as he was leaving, they felt lonely. What are we going to do now that you're gone? He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I'll send you a helper who is the Holy Spirit. We see that with Moses in the Old Testament and it gives us assurance because it's not new god has proved it over and over all the time so in exodus 33 7 through 14 it says this moses took his tent and pitched it outside the camp far from the camp and called it the tabernacle of meeting and it came to pass that everyone who sought the lord went out to the tabernacle of meeting which was outside of the camp so it was whenever moses went out to the tabernacle that all the people rose and each man stood at his tent and watched moses until he had gone into the tabernacle and it came to pass when moses entered the tabernacle that the pillar of cloud descended and stood at the door of the tabernacle and the lord talked with moses all the people saw the pillar of the cloud standing at the tabernacle door and all the people rose and worshiped each each man at his tent door so the lord spoke to moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend look at that testimony so these people saw god speaking to moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend okay Now and he would return to the camp but his servant Joshua the son of Nun a young man did not depart from the tabernacle then Moses said to the Lord you say to me bring up these people but you have not let me know who you will send with me yet you have said i know you by name and you have also found grace in my sight now therefore i pray if i have found grace in your sight Show me now your way so that I may know you and that I may find grace in your sight and consider that this nation is your people. And God said, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. My friend, that's God. His presence is enough. It will give you rest. It will give you peace of mind. It is a witness. That's when God becomes your witness. My presence will go with you and I'll give you rest. No one will bother you. No one will disbelieve you, okay? There has never been a prophet in Israel like Moses. The Lord spoke with him face to face. No other prophet 
ever done miracles and wonders like those that the Lord sent Moses to perform against the king of Egypt, his officials and the entire country. See, to Moses, God's presence is in the now. Here God is reassuring his friend that he will never leave him nor forsake him. Not unlike in the New Testament. We can see that this presence in Deuteronomy is explained in um, Deuteronomy verse, uh, chapter 34 verse 10. It is the name of God used as to be or Yahweh. You know, the English translation is all capital letters, L-O-R-D, which is to be, as opposed to Lord with capital L and small letters, with on L being capitalized. What am I talking about? See, the word Lord in this case, when they were talking, when he was talking with Moses, it was Lord, L-O-R-D, capital in English, but actually in the original, it was Yahweh, that the name of God, Yahweh, that was used. That is the name of his presence, to be. You know, like, I am. When God says, I am. Now, another example of when the word Lord is used is when Sarah would call Abraham as my Lord. But in that case, the word Lord was capital L, small O-R-D. That is my master. That's the name of the Lord. That means my master. But here God was addressing Moses as I am, O Yahweh. When God chooses you to be his friend as Moses, remember he spoke to him face to face as a man speak to his friend? He is Yahweh to you. He is ever present. He will always be there. That's what he promised us in the New Testament. Yahweh is the presence of God being with you all around you as it was with who? Moses, all capitals. This is a witness to God's constant presence. I am, I am, I am to Moses. Now, let us look at another character, David. The Bible says that David was a man after God's own heart. Being a people after God's own heart does not make us perfect but rather gives us a goal. And that, and that goal is the way of Christ. David was such a person, even with all his personal struggles, he sought to do God's will. David really represents us in many ways because we fail in many things. But you know, if your heart is after God like David, God knows what your heart is because he says he judges the heart while man looks on the outside. In the book of Acts of the Apostles, it makes reference to this story of David in 1 Samuel chapter 13 and 14. And it says this in the book of Acts, But God removed Saul and replaced him with David, a man about whom God said, I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. He will do everything I want him to do. So you see, one of the ways God uses you as witness is doing everything he asks you to do despite your flaws. And that's how David was, okay? Let's finally look at Jesus. This is the ultimate. Jesus shows us the witness of God's constant presence despite circumstances surrounding us. You know, wherever Jesus went as man, you know, walking on this earth, God's presence was always around him. 
Jesus said at the tomb of Lazarus that he never does anything unless he sees the Father do it. In other words, he is always in, in the presence of the Father and the Father is always around him. But don't forget that despite the fact that God's presence was always around Jesus, temptation was always also around him. And we saw that actually in the beginning of his ministry when the devil tried to tempt him. So temptation was always around Jesus. People don't realize that even sexual sin was always around Jesus. When he spoke to the woman at the well, there was sexual connotation to it. In fact, the disciples came back and said, why is he talking to her? And temptation was there because this woman was a professional tempter of men. She previously had five living men, including a sixth she was living with at the time. So you can imagine when the disciples came and they found Jesus and her alone at the well. You can imagine. Temptation was always there. I tell people that if you have so much Jesus in you through prayer, then when temptation comes, the Jesus comes out. That's what happened here in this case. There was so much Jesus in Jesus that this woman could not tempt him even if there were just the two of them. Similarly, it is with us. We have to make sure we are surrounded by the Spirit of God, the presence of Jesus that he promised us. And one way to do that is through a lot of praying and reading the Word. Okay? See, the proof of repentance and salvation is not the absence of the temptation, but it's the awareness of the presence of God and the power to obey his ways that resists and defeats Satan. Don't ever forget that, okay? God will then be using you as his witness to other people coming to Jesus Christ. A good example of God's witness is when Jesus was being baptized by John. I think this is one of the best, if not the best in the Bible. He says, my beloved son. He was God's witness. They are baptizing him and he says, this is my beloved son. That's a witness, In fact, if you look at our leading graphic for this podcast, God will present you as a witness to others when you do what he calls you to do. To be a witness that Jesus can count on. A witness that God can count on. In Matthew chapter 3, verse 13 through 17, let's see how God used this uh, a baptism to show Jesus as the witness. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to John to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him saying, I need to be baptized by you. And do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, Let it be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to do all that God requires. See that? To do all that God requires. Doing what God requires, you become a witness he can use. He can say that one. In this case, it was Jesus Christ. Then John consented. And when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water. And behold, the heavens were opened to him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove coming to rest on him. You see that, my friend? Immediately he said, let us do what we need to do. Let us fulfill what God has called us to do. He became a witness and God says, that is my son whom I love. We should always remember that our testimony is not for us to keep or point towards us, but to God. 
and an opportunity to glorify God and lead the hearer or the seer, the person looking at us, to God. That's our testimony. When you lead people to God, you have become a witness for him. That's what witnessing is all about. That's why we say witnessing, because we want to be able to appeal to the spirit of that person to come towards God, to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit, that they may know God. It's God's witness. And so never underestimate it or suppress it or with anything, even with false humility. Oh, I don't have to do this. People will think that that's false humility. That's suppressing the witness of God. If you do not deny the Lord, even by your life character, he will be your witness. That's our leading graphic for this you know, episode. If you look at it again, look at it again. And let me read you Luke chapter 12, verse 8 through 9. This is what Jesus said. And I tell you, everyone who acknowledges me before men, the Son of Man will also acknowledge before the angels of God. But the one who denies me before men will be denied before the angels of God. In other words, that who refuses to use their life as a witness to Jesus or to become a witness for God, God will deny him. That's why he says that, hey, they will say, I did this and the other and the other. And he will say, I never knew you. They have failed to be a witness for God. When we do what God has called us to do, we become a witness. It's not just doing stuff because those people were healing people. But they were not being obedient to the word of God. And you know what? They lost their witness to God. So please, my friend, become a friend of Jesus. And one of the ways the Lord testifies on your behalf is by being his friend. And how do you become his friend? He reminds us that he has already put his life on the line for us. The price is already paid for you to become his friend. He took the sweat out with his own blood. In John 15, 12 through 15, it says this, This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you to do. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what the master is doing. But I've called you friends. For all that I have heard from my father, I have made known to you. So you see, when you become Jesus' friend, everything that he hears from the father, he imparts on you. Then you become a witness for him. When we do what the Lord asks us to do, we become his friend. He then pours all that God has given to him into our lives it then becomes easier for us to walk into the plan he has for our lives. You know, when we become his friends, he puts everything in us, and then we can walk into what God has called us to become. What is that? That is in one of my favorite verses in the Bible. Jeremiah 29, 11 again. Here it shows up. He says, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. The plans are for good, and not for disaster. So please, become his friend today so that he can he can pour out all that God has given him into you. He's waiting to give you his witness of you. He's waiting to give you his witness 
for God. The word witness means it deeper than what we think of it even as Christians. So let us conclude by letting God open our spiritual eyes that we may see the power directed to us word who believe. Paul prayed for the Ephesians saying this, that I pray that you may open the eyes of their understanding that they may see the power directed to us word who believe. And that power is in witness. When God can use us as witness that yes, come to me because he has directed you toward Jesus Christ. Let us become a people who God can use as a witness. Amen? Amen. So let us pray and conclude this podcast. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come before you, thanking you for your goodness, for your mercy, for your love. We thank you, Father, that you can use us to represent you, Father. Let us become a witness to other people, people around us, in our generation, people who have seen the worst of the worst, or people who have done the worst of the worst. Father, we want to be a witness that you can point to us, that you can speak to them and say, go to that person. Go to her, go to him, because he will show you the way. And we know that the way is Jesus. Father, let us be a witness to our generation. Let us understand, Father, that the testimonies that we give is not about us. It's so that we can glorify the name of God through the name of Jesus. Father, let us use the name of Jesus as a witness. It is a witness to your power. And the Bible tells us that Jesus Christ is seated at the right hand of the Father, even this very moment, interceding for us. Let us be a witness. Let us understand that word deeper than we ever understood it before, Father. It's not just a word. It's you pointing your finger at us saying that that's the one. The same way you pointed the finger at Abraham, at Moses, and above all, at Jesus Christ, your son. And you said, there, my beloved son. Father, let us be your beloved witnesses. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, glorify you, and may the name of our Lord be blessed. Amen. Okay, my friends, thank you for listening in once again. I thank you for tuning in or downloading our podcast. Please pass them over to some other people. Let them, other people know. Let us become viral for Jesus. Let us become viral witnesses. You can become a witness through these podcasts. Yes, you can. Just passing it on to somebody. You don't even have to do anything. Just tell and give them a link. And when you give them the link, they'll listen. Then you have become a witness. There's so many ways we can do this, especially with technology. You don't have to be a full-time preacher as we see it. We are all witnesses because in uh, Matthew 28, he gave us that command to be witnesses. Okay, He told us, be a witness unto the world so that they may know who he is for the glory of Jesus, the glory of the Lord, and for their own salvation. So, my friends, have a great one. Be a witness, especially as we are approaching this Easter. Be a witness in the name of Jesus. Amen. This is Sam Kawesa signing off and wishing you the best. God bless you. Love you.